This podcast and its parent website are supported by its listeners and readers. If you enjoy what you hear and read at Ride or Die, please consider supporting our continued creation at patreon.com slash ride or die. Welcome to the Ride or Die podcast, featuring your hosts, Andrew Michael Spence Boyd, Chris Willis, and Nathan Mackey. Enjoy the show. very special edition of the Ride or Die podcast. XX. XX. Still missing that X. Yeah, we probably won't. <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll get, get there, there eventually. Well, I don't think that we should. <laughs> we'll but long maybe for Project Talk. Maybe, maybe. Wink, wink. Um, it's the 20th episode of the Ride or Die podcast. Gentlemen, we've been doing this for a while now. Yes, yeah. And, and go ahead. As a little, well, as a little special treat, we had a... Uh, our good friend and new Tulsa native Seth Hammock um, put whipping together a new uh, a new little intro for us. Yeah, yeah, that uh, delicious little intro. Uh, yeah, uh, new to Tulsa, um, he wanted us to mention that uh, um, that he's got he's working on an EP right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it may already be out by the time you hear this. <laughs> uh, we don't know like how close he is to being done, but he's got a great voice as you just heard mm-hmm. um, and great sound. Uh, Chris and I are pretty familiar with his music, uh, going back to we've gotten a couple known of, him for years. Yeah, so. that that, and he's been sending us some tasty licks <laughs> that we've had before the EP, some tasty treats released. So we got little appetizers, yeah, basically. Yeah. I, real quick, so uh, if you have any questions uh, or you'd like to work with Seth in a musical capacity, um, putting together, uh, you know podcast intros or music or just making music or anything like that uh please contact him at uh, seth ham that's uh s-e-t-h-h-a-m-m one zero at gmail.com uh his name is seth hammock and he's wonderful he's a nice person yes thank you seth our new intro is pretty dope and i'm pretty yeah. stoked about it yeah uh, we have a, a <clears throat> lot more of you're gonna hear a lot more of him yeah, on broad or on a uh, writer day. Yeah, as soon as he gives us the okay to just use all of his creative output, his library, we'll take, we'll take <laughs> his discography. Cool. Yeah, uh, that discography and more <laughs> brought to you by the beer of the show, the twentieth beer of the show. Beer. I think that it's a, it's a this is a this is a writer die. Should we have a beer friendly the show jingle? Yeah. Oh, get on Maybe Seth, Seth could do yeah. some beer for us. Hey, uh, actually, I have his email. I know him. I'll, I'll reach out to him. <laughs> you know Seth? Okay. Yeah, I know Seth. Uh, but this is, you know, kind of a, a favorite esque. I want to say a favorite esque brewery of the uh, Ride or Die guys. Certainly. At least, Sorry. at least the two that went to Portland. But 
let's not stand on uh, ceremony. Uh, this <laughs> is the Swivelhead Red out of Deschutes from... Now, it says from Bend, uh, Oregon. Um, oh, sure. Well, on the website. Oregon. But Bend is <laughs> Bend, essentially Portland. Portland. Yeah, um, they have a. There's a. Send your emails to write it a, yeah. to look up. <laughs> if you disagree, <laughs> there's a brewery in in Portland. That's our. That's how we're. From yeah, Portland. we. There's oh, there's like there's in the subsidiary in the city like streets of Portland. Yeah. Location in Portland. They yeah. brew the beer there. Yeah, we yeah, have yeah. a substitute. We have kind of a nice little place. We haven't. We didn't have this one there. Although I, I can't remember 100. If we did. I think true. we had a couple of special ones. I gotta say that this is one of the most difficult. Labels to read. Oh, it is. That I've ever seen. The, the Swivel head is upside down, and because it's upside down and so close to all the other letters and words, it's really some hard of to those tell. look up backwards too. Yeah. yeah. And I imagine it only gets more difficult the more swivel heads that you uh, imbibe. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Um, but certainly. this is a this is a six and a half percent. It's a good so, percentage. Yeah, it's a good percentage right of in beer zone. in there, and that's Sweet what zone. you want. Mm-hmm. It but, is uh, good though. I like red ales. I do. I it's like an a lot Indian of reds. style red ale. Yeah, it's an IRA. It's an IRA, yeah. Ooh, That's careful. A, <laughs> it's a Roth IRA. No, we're going to go with the Irish uh, yeah, yeah. Republic Army. That's what I thought when I first saw it as well. <laughs> um, That's why I said IRA. Uh, I've got to have it. But yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm really enjoying it. I give this I give this a thumb up. Just one? Just I one. only do... I got those, like, half thumbs, so I can only <laughs> For one thumb. <laughs> right. well, that's appropriate. That's appropriate. Yeah. Oh, Christ. Did we need to clink? I know that... I think oh, yeah. Let's oh, open right right We all have fine. open, but let's... Do we want to open another one? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll open this other it's one. It's the 20th. We gotta keep with tradition. Okay. Here's, here's me. This is here's me. me. This is me. That's Chris. Pop, pop, pop me off. Uh, now I'm popping off Nate. Always. Amos B's gonna pop himself off. I gotta. Hey, whatever you want to. I gotta. I gotta. Ooh. Ooh. That was a little little extra. That was the extra beer of the show jingle. Anyway, cheers. To the the 20th show. To the 20th show. Well done, gentlemen. Congratulations. And thank you, just uh, before we get everything rolling, thank you to everybody who's uh, helped us get this far and Mm. is keeping us going. And uh, we look forward to working with you guys. As we move on. So, uh, this week, uh, because it's our 20th episode, and because we've had uh, an itch to launch a little bit of a, some variety into our Ride or Die podcast, we're going to be doing today our, the first in our Ride or Die music series. So, the whole episode will be centered around and themed upon, like, a certain genre of music, Uh, all of our top of the moments will be music related, um, and we're going to do a few more of these. Um, they won't necessarily be regularly occurring, mm-hmm. but there will be more of them. Um, unless everybody hates it, and then we'll do it just to spite you. Yeah, yeah then we'll double it. <laughs> we we'll down. We'll just do it ourselves. Yeah. So for this week, the first in our uh, Ride or Die music series, we're, we're going to discuss country music and, and all the complications and the tainted reputation thereof. Um, but first, we're going to get into Top of the Moment, and like I mentioned... It's uh, the start of our, our music series, so they're all music-related, and Chris is going to kick us off with that. Yeah, so I am uh, doing a, a little something different. Um, not different, but uh, it's, it's unique to what you guys are doing. Um, I want to I talk about an album that I really like from this year, but in addition, I want to talk about an album that is coming out uh, in a couple of months. <clears throat> 
And the reason I can get away with that is the album that I want to <laughs> that I want to say is 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 one of my favorites of the year so far is Allison Crutchfield's Tourist in This Town. And the album that is coming out in July that I am super excited about, July 14th to be exact, is Waxahachie's Out in the Storm, fronted by Allison Crutchfield. I'm sorry, not Allison Crutchfield. <laughs> Katie Crutchfield, Allison Crutchfield's oh, nice. sister. Cool. So Waxahachie is uh, the more popular of the two. Uh, they've, mm-hmm. I believe that this might be Waxahachie's third album that's coming out, or third full-length album. Uh, her last album uh, was amazing i think it was uh it was one of my favorite albums of 2015 um she's just waxahachie here's the thing about them about allison and katie is that they sound uh so similar um that it's just kind of eerie uh so when you hear allison in uh on her solo debut it really sounds a lot like waxahachie but there's a different, it's still, you know, a different feel. Uh, it's just her. Although, Waxahachie is, I think, primarily just Katie Crutchfield. Mm-hmm. Anyways, just two artists that uh, are closely linked, obviously, and will always be compared to each other, a la Beyonce and uh, uh, Solange. <laughs> I almost said Solarte. Uh, <laughs> Solange. Um but I really hope it's one, and I believe that this is, I believe that Taurus in This Town is Allison Crutchfield's debut, and so I'm hoping that it was released early in the year, and so typically with early in the year albums, um, they can sometimes be forgotten about when <coughs> yeah. year-end lists come up. Yeah. Um, Definite disadvantage. Yeah, and I think this one came out in February, I'm pretty sure. It was either late January or early February. Um, and so that's right at the time where there's not a lot coming out. Um, and so people aren't really... They're still like listening to the, to the end of the year stuff. So I'm hoping that this one can maybe build steam from people being excited about Waxahachie. Um, to have them go and be like, oh, her sister released an album. And anyways, I would really highly recommend Allison Crutchfield's album Tours in This Town, and I would highly, I assume, recommend Out in the Storm, uh, Waxahachie's new album out July fourteenth. Sweet. I have no idea that 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 she had a sister or that her yeah. sister was a musician. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. they played together. Oh, okay. I can't remember the name of their like old man, but it mm. wasn't. You know, it was like uh, it was before Waxahachie yeah. was a thing. Originally, I thought so. I was mm. under this weird. I don't know why. I don't know how I mis- like made this mistake, but I thought that Waxahachie's sister was in Speedy Ortiz, which is a completely different <laughs> band. Yeah. Uh, doesn't sound anything like her. Yeah. Uh, and then when I listened to Allison Crutchfield, I was like, oh yeah, that's her sister. It's <laughs> like that makes so much sense. Yeah. It sounds exactly like her. <laughs> um, not exactly. Twi- I, they're like twins. Twins of difference. Twin tinge of difference. <laughs> twins. Twins. They're not twins. I'm pretty sure they're not twins. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that you uh, chose Waxahachie because I really had no idea of how to say that. Oh, Waxahachie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or it was just always like, oh yeah, well, oh, you know, well, hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. So I'll, I'll go next. Go ahead. Uh, because mine's way too fresh. I can't wait. Um, <laughs> mine is, uh, since we're all doing musical-themed uh, uh, tops in the moments, 
Um, mine is the album that just came out for for Conor Oberst. I say it just came out. It came out a couple months ago. Um, Salutations, um, his most recent release. But uh, I specifically wanted to choose this because I just saw him in concert um, last weekend. Oh, cool. Uh, Where? It was at Booty. Or uh, ACL. That's that's Booty. Yeah, it's, it's Booty, Booty Theater. Theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, cool. yeah, it was Booty Theater. ACL at Booty Theater. ACL Live ACL at Booty Live, Theater. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was really great. He, When you go to a, a Conor Oberst show, because he has such a catalog of songs and bands um, spanning back to the 90s, you, can, you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you're going to get some from the new album, um, and you're going to get, like, some of the hits, but, like he'll occasionally do some deep cut deep cuts from like monsters of folk or yeah. uh bright eyes he's or, got a lot to pull from. yeah yeah exactly <clears throat> and they're all you know his own like his music you just play whatever he wants yeah um so that was really great but i really like salutations because uh i also really liked ruminations which was the song or the, the album previous which came out last year um but what he did ruminations was his first solo album in the last i, I think like 10 years or something it said um where he's doing all the music. Mm. Uh, obviously, he's done, like, Conor Oberst, and, but he'll have, like, a backing band. But uh, Salutations took some of those songs from Ruminations and um, did it with a full band. So mm. you get kind of those both of those versions, plus some new songs as well. Um, so I really like Salutations. See, I didn't know that. I thought yeah. it was a whole new album. I didn't realize... So, yeah, some of the songs are new, so it's kind of a lengthy album. It's, like, uh, I want to say 11 or 12 songs. Um and only a select few, I believe, are from Ruminations. So it's kind of nice to see, like I said, because Ruminations, it's either a guitar and uh, he'll have the uh, uh, harmonica, mm-hmm. yeah, the neck harmonica thing, or a piano and the harmonica mm-hmm. uh, neck thing. So it's just nice to see it with like a full band and it's just, you know, rosining up and, and, uh, and then you get like the calmer version on sure. salutations or on uh, ruminations right? how did you like uh, is that the first time you've been in the moody, moody theater it is yeah how'd you like it i loved it i thought it was it's wonderful dope, right? yeah. see i've only gone once and i wasn't a huge fan and i think it was because i wasn't in the general admission yeah we had GA. I was just sitting in the seats yeah oh i i that's what i did when i went and i loved it the but, seats <clears throat> but but yeah i mean but who i w- i mean i saw nickel creek so it yeah. was more like subdued and serge rose opened so it was like way more like just like chill and I was actually really happy to be seated I I saw Beach House so I feel like Beach House is chill but like it's different kind yeah the people that like will go watch Beach House like I think I was sitting with a lot of people and sorry we jacked uh, Nate's time (laughs) I was sitting with these people that I think were there not because they were like real big beach house fans but they were just there because like they had kind of it's, heard of beach house yeah like, and it's the cool thing to do to go yeah to, to go so to the, yeah yeah for sure yeah. but yeah. if i had been in the general admission like that that might have been was it a taping when you went i don't remember i don't recall because i did not go for a taping did you it wasn't a taping, taping no yeah um but i think those are hard to get julianne baker Julian, Julian. Oh, I don't remember. Julian oh, Baker opened uh-huh. for him. Did you enjoy yeah, Julian yeah. Baker? Oh, she was wonderful. She's really uh, good. Real man. mellow. Like you could seriously hear a pin drop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was beautiful. She's and then she's real she, good, man. What's even better than her music is her sense of humor yeah. and her banter. She has such a dry sense of humor um, that, like, in between songs, it was just the whole crowd was just laughing their asses off. Sweet. Um, but yeah, that was my totem, my top of the moment. Good times. 
Yeah, I, I want to go back to movie theater. Yeah, right? I'll definitely go back. I mean, I've been to a few. Like, I've been to uh, Stubbs and Anto, Antoine's? 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 Uh, yeah. Uh, but you can't beat that. Especially, yeah. like, in summer. Um, oh, I know. Because, it's like, like it's inside it's and it's AC. Yeah. yeah, for sure. <clears throat> All right, well, uh, I'll round us out here. And uh, lest you call me a teeny bobber, I want to talk about uh, Lord's new record. <coughs> uh, Excuse me. The New Zealand phenom uh that's coming out on uh, june 16th i think mm-hmm. uh, i know i'm early but not as early as chris <laughs> that's true <laughs> Stop not as late and early yes um but i actually i have a really kind of weird like i'm i'm very fascinated by lord's career um i think it's extremely interesting my girlfriend and i actually went to her first show in the united states which was in Austin. I didn't know that was the first show. Mm, it was in Austin cool. Music Hall. It was her first performance in the United States. Um, and it was crazy because, like, it was... If there was any, you know, change in the volume or anything, it was just, like, 12-year-old girls screaming. And it was <laughs> kind of awesome. Like, it was just, like... It was just an interesting thing to witness. And I actually really liked her first um, record, Pure Heroin. Yeah. Um... I think she has a unique voice, particularly in her lyricism. Yeah. Um, and I learned that... So, her, the new record's called Melodrama. It's coming out. It's a part concept album, she's uh, said. And the concept is... The, all the songs are about a house party. Uh, and the different phases of a house party. Oh, interesting. Um, I also so learned... <laughs> yeah. She's just like, I'm at a house party. I wrote a record about this house party. <laughs> I actually, and I, I, according to a, a New York Times article, this is something I n- didn't know before I was preparing for the show, um, she has a neurological condition known as sound-to-color synesthesia. Oh. Um, so, I don't know what exactly that means, but there's also a color coding to each of the songs that she wrote uh. Uh, for this record. Is it that you see... What is it? So you see, uh, this is a topic that I've always wanted to talk about, um, and one of our friends, his ex-girlfriend, actually had it, um, and essentially, I, but I never got to talk to him, unfortunately, but essentially you you see sound. Like, uh. and not only do you see sound, but you see it in, like, a brilliant color. Yeah. Like, your footsteps are, like, orange, and it's just, like, radiant and crazy. Yeah. Um, if you if you want like I mean a, a brief synopsis from Wikipedia is chromesthesia or sound to color synesthesia is a type of synesthesia in which heard sounds automatically and involuntarily involuntarily evoke an experience of color. Yeah. So yeah. So is it like a constant? It's not like every sound she. I think it's see. sporadic. Yeah. Sporadic. Yeah, I think like it's just like happens. yeah. That's what you're saying. Like a random. Like things sound. can like just, kick it out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's fascinating yeah uh, yeah, and yeah just I'm interested bored. in what that's like is it like a cartoon <laughs> I don't know I'd imagine because like you would know a, a trip like a bad trip or maybe even a good one yeah well you would know what it's like when somebody is like walking and you don't see colors when they are walking but like yeah I don't know that's yeah. so weird it's crazy to think about um, and uh, you know if you, if you if you look at the album art for melodrama um, it's like a very kind of impressionistic painting of Lord, like mm-hmm. laying in bed mm-hmm. and uh, like sleeping almost. And 
it kind of makes sense. I'm, I'm starting to sense like a really strong theme that ties everything together. I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to hear about, to hear this record. And especially because she was such a runaway success when her first record came out and you know there's all the things about the sophomore slump yeah. a lot of times artists crash and burn i don't i don't think that's going to happen to her i i actually i've kind of strong opinion i think she's actually genuinely like maybe a genius um in certain ways and so uh, i'm really really stoked to to hear you played that uh, what was that she has a single out right mm-hmm. now it's album. called a uh, green light yeah. green light you mm-hmm. played that for us uh yeah. like a month and a half mm-hmm. ago um, and yeah, it was it was good. It was, it was yeah, uh, catchy. It. Yeah, yeah. She she has a really interesting lyric lyrical style, and I don't know. She I think if I had one criticism of her, she had an EP out that came out before Pure Heroin, and there was a lot of good stuff on there that didn't make it onto the record. Yeah, that's so. That's what I had first before like yeah mm-hmm. before she kind of like blew up and was like on the radio and everything yeah. like that. I had heard her, and she was still like had some popularity. Yeah. And so I downloaded that EP, and there was the good love stuff. Club. Like I don't think Tennis Court, no, was I on I don't Pure Heroin, right? Record. No, and the Love Club, I don't. Oh, maybe it did. I don't know. But yeah, there were there were that was a long EP too. It, it had was like, like six, seven, seven songs, yeah. <laughs> and a good number of them didn't make it on the record. But I loved that EP. And uh, anyway, super excited for Lord's Melodrama. Um, I will give you my impressions at a later date, maybe. Or hot like takes, it. yeah, my. My hot takes. Uh, anybody have anything else on our top of the moments, our musical top of the moments, or should we move on? I mean, I could talk about more albums, but uh, <laughs> you could always talk about more. Connor Oberst does have a song uh, called Sinis- "Synesthesia." Yeah, uh, no, synesthesis. Synesthesis. S Y N T H E S I S. Those are all synthesis. Anyway, it's a great, it's a great song. Go check it out. Okay, cool. What a mess. All right, so let's get into it. This is going to be a weird one, I think, and I have no idea how this conversation is going to go. We're actually going to start it out. Sometimes we do a selected writing at the at this point in the show. We're going to do that, but we're going to, it's less of a sort of curated selection that we think everybody should read and more of sort of just a selection of writing that I stumbled upon that I think is going to help us kick off this conversation. Oh, cool. Um, so the, the first thing, and this, you'll have to bear with us, um, the, the first part of this will be a fair amount of reading. Um, but we've, we've done that before and everybody likes yeah, it. Yeah, we so. wouldn't read it if it wasn't interesting. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, the, the first thing that I want to read is, is from a column by a guy who goes by Easy Ed at an outlet called No Depression, which is the self-proclaimed journal of roots music. That's a bold claim. Okay, so here we go. If you're searching for a type of music that shares raw stories of people's lives and experiences, you're more likely to find it in hip-hop or rap than in the studios of Nashville or on the airwaves. And while we're fortunate in these times that there is a new generation of great musicians embracing old-time music, bluegrass traditions, folk singing, songwriting, honky-tonk, classic country, classical, classic country, and alt-whatever, it all flies under a flag called Americana, which sometimes feels too encapsulated and formulaic. Beware of an urban cowboy backsplash and whiplash. In 1997, Dawidoff, who's someone he's referencing in his piece... Closed out of his book with an epilogue appropriately titled No Depression. To call today's mainstream country music country 
is at all, sorry, let me start that over. To call today's mainstream country music country at all is a misnomer. Hot country is really pop music for a prospering, mostly conservative white middle class. It's kempt, comfortable music, hyper sincere, settled and careful not to offend or surprise. A lot like Disneyland, in some ways it's model. Contemporary country thrives because it is sleek and predictable. A safe adventure in a smoke-free environment. <laughs> oh, I really so love that. Ruminate just a second. Yeah. And the other, the other piece I wanted to read real quick to kick us off was from a random dude that I found on the internet. I can't discover whether or not this guy has any clout with any different community. He just seems like a dude writing on the internet. It's mm-hmm. just a blog that I discovered. Yeah, I'm da- familiar with what that's like. <laughs> David, <laughs> David Mark Williams.blogspot.com. If you want to check it out, we'll have links in the show notes. But here's what David Mark Williams has to say. Country music is dead. Well, it's not dead. There are plenty of people out there writing and performing actual country music. It just doesn't get on the radio or on CMT. Country music is nothing but a marketing tool now. I'm not sure who exactly killed country music, but I suspect you'd find Garth Brooks and Shania Twain's fingerprints on the No, gun. come on. <laughs> Have you watched a country music award show lately? You could fire a shotgun at the stage and never hit anybody who's actually playing country music. We live in a nation where people complain about terrorists being mistreated in jail, and yet Rascal Flats is allowed to run free. <laughs> that ain't right. How is popular country music made these days? Well, the songs are written by the same group of songwriters who actually go to work in an office and work on them. This results in songs that are calculated and soulless and full of phony emotion. The best country songs are scribbled on the back of a bar napkin with half of the words blurred by split whiskey or tears. Then the songs of today are recorded by a group of session musicians who play on everybody's CD and produced by a handful of producers who want everything to sound the same. And they succeed. It all sounds like crap. (laughs) So, the main thing that we're trying to get at here is sort of the death of country music. Or at least the death of, death of country music as we once knew it. Yeah. Um, before the show, and we'll have a link to this in the show notes as well. Before the show, we also watched. Um, there's. It's a very popular YouTube video where this guy took six hit country music songs from the past like five years or something, and he cut them all together in GarageBand or some other. All, he yeah. spliced them all together and just kind of lets them play, and you figure out pretty quickly that it's the same chord progression that it's the same sort of uh you know catchphrases and buzzwords we also listened to Bo was it Bo Burnham Bo Burnham we listened to a, a comedy bit by Bo Burnham that was pointing out very much the same thing we'll link that in the show notes as well but the whole point seems to be that country music which is something that used to be extremely important to American culture in particular and really to world culture particularly in the like middle to late 20th century is basically doesn't exist anymore in the like regular popular conscience mm-hmm. consciousness excuse me it's not that people aren't playing or writing original country music or that country music is actually dead and doesn't exist anymore it's that what is called country music these days uh, and what is marketed and packaged and labeled as country music really resembles nothing like what country music was founded as and what country music is maybe about. Right. Now, I'm not that old, 
Uh, I mean, I'm <laughs> old, but I'm not that old. You're older than us. I'm older than both of you combined. Uh, combined. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, in terms of worldly, I'm mm-hmm. not that old. Uh, but even even then, like growing up, uh, I was still introduced to you know uh, Conway Twitty, Merle Haggard, mm-hmm. like these these guys, um, and that that's kind of what I cut my teeth in in terms of country. Country music is not my thing anymore. Sure. Um, and it may be because of what we're talking about now. Yeah. Uh, with this, this whole change, this death of country. Yeah. Um, but people like Waylon Jennings and Hank Williams, these, these are the guys that I grew up with that, I, and even, even Garth Brooks, that's why I, like before I was like, no, come on, Garth Brooks. But I guess I could see that <laughs> early yeah. Garth Brooks. Sure, yeah. Early Garth Brooks uh, was very much in line with, with those early, the old school, the old school type guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and just to see that change now, it's just like, it's unrecognizable. Yeah. I think my main, after hearing all of that and, you know, I did some research today and a lot of that was, you know, comprised of me listening to some newer things, admittedly, because... Yeah, we both submerged ourselves. Yeah, because I wanted to, if we're going to talk about whether or not, if we're going to talk about country music as if it is dead, because I I went in there thinking, you know, like, this is a question, like, let's debate whether or not country music is dead. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know what's going on now more so than I know about what was going on before. But the fact of the matter to me is when I read these and when I see those pieces, there's this weird idea that country music is dying because of the rise of this easily formulated pop country. But the fact of the matter is, is like all of there, there are just as much, if not more, people doing real country out there. Then it's 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 easy to find them. You just set up a Google search. You just like pay attention to blogs, and you actually search on Spotify and on YouTube yeah. and on all music networks to find these people <laughs> because it's it's out there. But just like any genre. What's mainstream is what people who are really interested in music and want to find dig deep and find those things and stick to certain values is going to think about everything that's on the radio. I like I grew up listening to like alternative rock, and while I don't, I, I look back and I see like Foo Fighters and like Nirvana and like Pearl Jam and all those bands like throughout the '90s that. You know, I can sit here and ask, where did they go? Like, what's happened to, like, alternative rock music? It's all, um, what's that band? Pompeii? I can't remember. But, like, um, it's all of these, like, really easy finger uh, snapping, kind of easy to do, chain smokers-esque songs that is, is ruining that genre as well. Same thing could be said for, like, a lot of hip-hop in 2000s. You know, like, we're, the, we're on... Kendrick Lamar and, like, guys like Vince Staples and Chance the Rapper on the rise. But in the mid-2000s, what was being played on the radio was, like, Chingy and, like, Lil' Flip. And while... I mean, that's not real hip-hop. That's not what, like, started in the 80s and 90s. So it's the same thing. Country music isn't, like, rare in that sense. I think that it is a little bit reaction reactionary for these people to, to, to think and wonder if it's dying it's not it's just mainstream music is is popular and so you can make a lot of money with this pop music and so just this pop country 
And so just like in pop itself, just like in rock and roll, just like in hip hop, if it's easy to make that money, you're going to take that out. The real artists are still there. They aren't, they aren't stopping playing. Yeah. And, and that was, I mean, that was part of what I was getting at after I read all that stuff. I was saying, you know, it's not necessarily that it's actually dead or that it's Mm -hmm. not happening anymore, but it's that the consensus, I think, in pop culture of what constitutes country music is very different from what the country music roots were. Yeah. And I think one of the things I think that maybe sets... I, 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 I agree with mostly with what everything you just said. I think the thing that sets country music apart is that it has such a strong sort of identity politics associated with it. And yeah. I don't mean that in like I I, I mean the, the word politics in like a more of an ideological sense. So like mm. people who listen to people who listen to country on the radio, these are the type of people who will tell you, I only listen to country music. Yeah. Right? They're they're not people that that um, just turn on the pop station while they're driving because it's what's on and because they're young and because that's what they no, it's because they grew. They have a. They have a. They have like a, a hereditary or a cultural link to country music, and what they've basically done is they've 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 taken. They've been. Uh, they've accepted everything that has the label of country music from. When you know, in the middle to late twentieth century, when some of that that actual roots of country music was still around all the way up until now when it's barely where there's barely a trace of it left and i think i guess what i'm saying is that like you you're absolutely right it's it's a, it's something that occurs in every different genre mm. where the mainstream doesn't represent doesn't usually represent like the best and brightest artistic content i think the difference is that people aren't vehemently opposed to listening to anything other than pop on the radio or mm. you know 70s rock they'll yeah you know it, it's a more like i mean i think that there is a lot of cases of people not wanting to to jump into different genres i know a lot of people that won't listen to like hip hop i know a lot of people who won't listen to country music i for one am probably going <coughs> to switch off of any jazz that i got that I listen to. But here's the other thing. I know all three of us in this room, and I know several people outside of it that would rather listen to nothing than listen to what's on the pop radio station. So, I mean, it's 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 hard to just put it all on yeah, people I mean, not wanting, I, I just think, wanting to listen to that one genre and I, being fed that. Yeah, and I mean, I, I guess I think from, from an anecdotal standpoint... I can turn on a pop like let let's use my top of the moment example, Lord, mm. right? Like I can I can turn on a local like top forty station and have a reasonably good chance of hearing Lord, who I'm a big fan of and who I respect immensely as an artist. Yeah. But when I turn on a country music station, I think the chances of me hearing something like if it's a you know that's top fair. forty country, like, yeah, it's a new the chances country. of me hearing something that I will be okay with, I think is extremely low if not zilch yeah that's fair and i think maybe that's and that's you know that's almost a distinction without a difference but like 
I don't know. I just... And I, I think part of the reason, too, that this is such a, a, a sensitive or sore subject for me is because, like, I, I really think that at a certain level, when it's done right, there's no other genre that I love more than real country music. <clears throat> and just the, the idea that there's so... This, this basically imposter that's out there that's passing itself off as this thing that I love and that yeah. actually has zero connection to it. I think that's the thing that gets me personally yeah. about it. So I think, uh, to AMSB's point, um, it, that it's not that, like what you said, Chris, uh, you know, to survive you have to, quote-unquote, uh, become pop or whatever uh, to get on the radio. Um, but I think it's more like people not writing from not writing music from their heart or from their experience yeah um like johnny cash yeah uh wrote about what he knew yeah uh and he's arguably country yeah. right yeah oh, yeah absolutely so versus you know and uh that bo burnham clip uh touched on it perfectly versus these other people who haven't gone through any of that they yeah. didn't they don't have a ranch they didn't milk cows or anything like that, or whatever it may be, uh, and they're writing about doing that. I think that's why we're saying that country is, as we or as we've known it, AMSB and I have known it, is dying. Yeah. So I think again, I don't think I think that you that too much emphasis is put on to what is making the money. And that's that Main Street pop country. Whereas, you know, there's still a healthy amount of people that are... Like Chris Stapleton, like I've talked about. Or I haven't talked about on here, but I've talked about it with you guys yeah, off yeah. air. Chris Stapleton is, by all accounts, that traditional country guy. Yeah. And Chris Stapleton cuts through that. And I looked at last year's top-selling albums, and he was number one by double what... Uh, the voice dude. What's his name? Blake Shelton. Blake, Blake Shelton. Shelton. Had, he had one point. He had one point. He had one million and eighty thousand to Blake Shelton's like five hundred and forty-seven thousand. Okay. So he's selling twice as many records as the next best person. It's still there. It's still working. It's yeah. not dying because there is because there is a rash of. You're right because I read an article in preparation of this that was from the perspective of four Nashville country writers that have written multiple number ones and what it takes to... It was like 14 tips for writing like a great country song. Mm. Um, and it was frustrating because yeah. it was that. But what I would like to maybe compare this to is an, another comparison. Look at film. A lot of people are talking about... Hollywood being dead. And they've been talking about Hollywood being dead for years. Because all they do are these big budget movies. There's no art. There's no emotion. There's no feeling. CGI. But would you... Yeah. Would you argue that film is dead? Or would you argue that just... Yeah. Hollywood is dying. So... I don't, it's the I don't same think, thing with country music. Nashville is dying. So I don't think that's a fair comparison because that's like saying... You know, so film... You have to pick a genre of film because we're only focusing on but, a genre but of music and I think that it is pretty apt in the sense that if you look at country music with its 
figurehead city where most of it comes from. And you look at film with its figurehead city where most of it comes from. It's easy it's it's easy to make that comparison. There's no other genre of music that has a figurehead city. You know, like all like once Connor Oberst hit the hit the scene, it wasn't like all of the like singer-songwriters like emotional folk kind of music who he has like country uh yeah, aspects in yeah. his music. It wasn't like they're like, "Oh shit, Omaha is now the capital of this like music movement." It's kind of so funny you said I, that because it kind of is. I <laughs> I, I, I think talk about that more. So I, I I appreciate what you're saying. I think you could make an argument that there are capital cities for certain genres. Like I think you could make a pretty strong argument that like Seattle or the Seattle metro area is the capital of like emo. It was the capital of grunge and grunge for like, sure. But grunge is good and dead. Okay. Right. Yeah, but I mean, like, if you think about. You know, I don't know. I just think like Fleet Foxes and Elliot Smith, and I think Death Cab for Cutie and the Decemberists. Wait, the Fleet Foxes—they're not from—they're not from. I thought they were from Washington. Shit. I didn't think that they were from Washington. I wasn't oh. sure. Anyway, they looked that up. <clears throat> Point being, I, I think you can make a case that there yeah. are that there are capital cities for other subgenres. I don't think that they're to the to the degree that you're talking about. To the, your example yeah, it's, is good. It's, it's I, by far. I mean, like you could say New Orleans and jazz, but like yeah. jazz itself is also like under, underground. Yeah, or not Seattle. underground. They're from Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so. Then I don't want to pay attention to Father John Misty anymore. He's like the quintessential <laughs> Los Angeles dude. He's not even from Los Angeles. That's very bothersome. So I, I think maybe um, what might be the difference for me is I you know. I I don't I don't know that I see other genres where the uh, the mainstream element of the genre is pretending to be something that it's not. So like I don't think that there's really any there's no um, pretension or sort of I don't know self awareness or self representation that like Vanessa Hudgens is like an artistic like incredibly gifted genius musician Mm. but with country music you have this this you know they they the country the mainstream element of country music portends to be the music of the people and portends to be the music of people from rural areas yeah and the music of the working class and like it pretends to be all of this stuff and 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 it's evidenced by all of those you know catchphrases and stuff those staple phrases like dirt roads and pickup trucks Mm -hmm. and all that jammed into all these songs and it's just not it, it it tries to be something that it isn't and i don't think i don't and, and may, I could be completely off, but I don't feel like there's another genre that really does that, that tries to, to sell itself as something. Yeah, hip-hop frequently Which does is that. the yeah. antithesis of it. I mean, there are a lot of instances... I mean, that's a whole aspect of hip-hop music, really, is whether or not the artist is real, whether or not what they're talking about, because it is, like in, in that piece that you read... Hip hop is hip hop and rap is now the most autobiographical musical uh, genre, mm-hmm. without a doubt, because 
every that's the whole idea. So, or to tell a story, it's either to be biographical or autobiographical. And so much of that is whether or not the story that an artist is telling is who they actually are. NWA gets a get continues to get flack for them not being really from the streets are not really experiencing certain things that they said to have experienced or having a lot of anger that wasn't genuine because how could it have been genuine? And whether or not that, that's true, it doesn't really matter. What matters is that <coughs> there are several artists in hip-hop who do that. And so they wear it like a, a, a badge when it's true. So there's a lot of pressure there f- for them to do that. The, the difference with what's going on to your point here in in a mainstream rock where they're or I'm sorry mainstream country yeah. where they're where they're doing that is that nobody else within their genre is necessarily calling them on that. I mean, there might be songs in where I don't know, like Zach Brown calls them out or something. Yeah. I don't think Chris Stapleton has any songs where he talks shit about them. Uh, I'm sure like Casey Musgraves has songs where she does, um, but they're not arguing with each other they're not like trying to prove that the that the other ones are not genuine so they get away with it whereas if you go and you start and you have a hip-hop song in which you're talking about shooting people on the street and conducting drive-bys and you've never owned a gun or had a gun and so that like comes out then people are going to just be like you your reputation is tarnished and you can never do this anymore yeah there's it's just allowed to go rampant there yeah um but I don't know. It's it's hard for me. It's hard to me for me to see it as. I see it as an honestly. I see it as a net good, and I'll explain that here and try to make it like okay. not sound terrible. <laughs> I see it as a net good because with you know, there's more people listening to music now. There's more people listening to country music now. Um, just by the virtue of there being more people in the world. Um, because so much of that middle ground is taken up by this somewhat deplorable mainstream country. Country music itself, the spirit of it, the people who learned from, um, traditional country artists and love that and want to incorporate that into their music they're going into different genres or it's pushing out. They're getting more, they're spreading out to folk more or they're spreading out to rock more. Um, or I, not that whatever that hip hop, hip hop stuff is good, but there's more realization that hip hop artists are from country towns. And so it can get into there. I mean, like Bubba Sparks was like, a, in, in a, can't remember what that other band was, but there's there's there used to be like country hip hop bands and stuff like that. It's all spreading into those different genres, and if it's not sticking to just the country radio stations, if it's like getting out to to more people in different ways and being experimented with, how that's a net positive to me. Um, and also, like it doesn't matter to me like if mainstream country dies because that's not what I'm listening to I'm listening to that fringe stuff I'll listen to like Casey Musgraves and I'll listen to like Chris Stapleton and 
And that's good for me. I'm never gonna I'm never gonna turn on Case One Hundred One, the Austin station. Yeah. Um, and it's just because yeah, you're right. It is, it is gonna be that. Yeah. But I like, I pulled out a couple of artists and I'll share. I'll share them in the show notes. But artists that incorporate or incorporate some of those country elements into their music. Uh, the first one that I was talking about, I've shared with you before, Dana Falconberry. Mm. I think that she has a very country vibe to her. And, you know, that's not the, the focal point of her music. Uh, Mount Mariah is another one that is an alt-country kind of band. So can I can I try and distill your... your so what, what you're saying is, because this mainstream terribleness has taken such a stronghold... It's it's pushed the good parts out of country music into other genres. Yeah, that's what you're saying, and mm-hmm. and so these other sort of peripheral genres to country music have gained all of the all of the positives from the original country country music. Yeah, or it's or that stuff has been spread out. Yeah, among those, in like, theory, I mean, like that's really that's really looking at it as like a super separated thing. I think the way I mostly mean it is that the artists that could potentially go more straight country start realizing that they can by incorporating other elements of other genres they can build a bigger (coughs) sound and they can do things that they couldn't have necessarily done if they just tried to do country music yeah i mean they're finding avenues to get around it yeah i I think that's a great argument (laughs) and i agree with it i think i mean i I think the other net positive if if you're one if you're going that direction with this conversation is that the people who do... I mean, because I would, like... There are people out there that I would put in a sort of... And we've already covered this, but there are people out there who you could maybe put in that sort of throwback country, people who are very familiar yeah. with the roots and stuff. It does make me appreciate those people way more. Yeah. And that is a net positive. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and, and you know, maybe that's why Chris Stapleton is selling double the amount. Yeah. It's yeah. not just because it's good, yeah. but because people are craving it's a throwback. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It, it, there's there's a need for it. Yeah. So this whole time we've been saying, like, straight country or whatever, uh, like... Mainstream, mainstream country. Mainstream country. Yeah. But would we agree that that's just one of the, quote-unquote many, many, I've got a list up here, many, many sub-genres of country, pop country? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. So I mean, you're saying I, pop country is coming to the forefront, it's coming to the spotlight yeah. of country. I, I guess, you know, yes, I think I think you're right. And, and <laughs> personally, I think m- me in particular, I would probably be satisfied and have this whole issue resolved if <laughs> the people who listen to that stuff would just call it what it is. I mean, I, I think that that's the thing that really gets under my skin the most, mm-hmm. is that it's just that people represent it as something, like, not necessarily the artists that are involved or anything, but, but the people who listen to this stuff on a regular basis refer to it as, in their brains, it's, it's the same thing as that Johnny Cash stuff. And, like, right. that I think, that's, like, my... my that's my pet peeve that's about why it. It's like, that's why it's so bothersome is because it's... I, I feel like people are getting tricked into... I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. I just... I, I, I wish people would be honest about what it is. It's it's pop country. Pop and, country. It's, and it's like... It, a lot of it resembles rock and, like rock and roll or like 
alt rock more than it does country music. You know, there's yeah, all sorts of these artists that are like basically rock bands, but they throw a banjo in, and so now they're a country yeah. band. And it's fine to be pop country if that's what yeah, you it's are. fine. But to call it, I, I, now that you say it, that makes total sense. Yeah. But to call it country, uh, because when you think of country, you think of these old guys like I talked about earlier. Yeah, Merle Haggard, uh, yeah, and Cash, and Hank Williams. Because that that Patsy is Klein. yeah, that's I mean, not a that's not a subgenre. That that's country. That's yeah, what, yeah. that's right. the the roots of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this pop country is just taking over. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think I think it has taken over. I oh, think yeah, it's absolutely. sort of a past yeah, yeah. tense now. I mean, yeah. And and again, like I I, I don't I want to be I wish to be very clear. Like I'm I'm not trying to disparage people who like this stuff or anything like that. I just I wish people would understand that it's not your grandfather's country music. Yeah, you know, and 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 I feel like a lot of people listen to the mainstream pop country music that's on KSL One Hundred One and all these other stations, mm-hmm. because they're being told that it has this. It they're being told that it has the connection to to Hank Williams. Yeah, and it in I, it seems like more often than not, it just doesn't. Like it's just a yeah. completely different thing, and it's manufactured, yeah. and it's. I mean, and, and I, I think Chris, sorry to cut okay. you off, but the more the more I think about it, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it is it's something that plagues most genres. I yeah. think. I just I guess it's more personally offensive to me again, just because there seems to be less of a willingness to acknowledge it. I don't yeah. know. You know. Yeah, and it's I mean it's strange. I don't have in I don't stay in contact with a lot of people that listen to country avidly. I, I you know I'm in contact with some people that listen to some country artists occasionally but you know it's not their main genre my sister is the biggest country fan that i know and she had a quote but i can't really fit it in very well um but she she had a quote yeah Mm. but i can't really fit it in very well but she I'll, i'll summarize it Paige, my sister biggest country fan i know went to try out for american idol singing country songs and you know i heard her like listening to all of this kind of stuff in her bathroom, like, you know, getting ready mm-hmm. constantly while growing up. And she really dislikes it now. Or she will listen to it because it's, like, force-fed to her and she can't help it. Yeah, she doesn't pop. like it. Yeah. You're talking about pop. pop. The, the, that pop, pop yeah, country. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She says specifically about that, uh, I, I listen to this music uh, still because it's infectious. I can't help it. I hate that I do. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Which is fair. Like I, yeah, like yeah. sometimes that'll happen. Nicki Minaj is yeah. like one of my biggest guilty pleasures. And yeah. like, it's the same thing. I also think I can go down a whole rabbit hole. We should. Nicki that's Minaj. a good, she's amazing. Make a note. Guilty pleasures. Guilty pleasures. Yeah, yeah. I love Nicki Minaj. Let's be <laughs> yeah, clear yeah, about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I think that she's an amazing artist, and yeah. she knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, she graduated from Juilliard. Uh, so where? Yeah, that's right. You heard it. <laughs> but anyways. So even even for me to experience the biggest country fan that I know, who is 23 and just moved to Nashville, yeah, uh, say, that say things yeah. about how she hates where it's going. I mean that's I mean it's indicative that, you know, there are people out there who those smart savvy music fans that really like country music, they're gonna find the stuff. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, and I wonder too, at, at, like, at, to what extent it's more of a generational thing yeah. than anything else. 
you know, one of the things you said towards the top of the conversation was like, you know, the good stuff is out there. You just know, you just got to go find yeah. it. And, and you always think, did. Yeah, but I mean, well, did, I did you always did. have to? I mean, it yeah, was, I think that I always did, but I just no, wasn't no, you doing it. you always oh. did, but but people in general didn't always have yeah. to go on the hunt for good music. Yeah. Well, the internet helped for that. Yeah, obviously, you know, like what was good to you in the seventies was, you know, you couldn't really go much farther than what was being played on television, what was being played on the radio, yeah. what was at your record store. Yeah. Shop. yeah. You couldn't find like what was popular in Seattle. Yeah, yeah. If you were in but, like Nebraska. But what I what I mean is that you know in the early days of pop music, quote unquote, yeah. you know, you were having real musicians. It wasn't computers making it. It was people, it was real bands playing, and like yeah, that was just the stuff that was on the radio, and it was good. Yeah, and another thing that really bothers me, and this is a this is an aside. People frequently. And this isn't like a call out because I know you said something like this. I'm not like calling you out specifically or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> people frequently dog artists for using songwriters. And that's been something that's happened forever. People have been writing. Do you mean like co-writing songs. with a with a Co-writing with or just or having, writing for somebody just else. putting a song on their record that was written by someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's been happening forever. Oh, and, yeah. and people who I think, you know, we are not... By any means, experts in this. I don't ever want to, you know, put forth the idea that I think that I'm, like, smarter than anybody about any of these topics. But people will so frequently rip other people because they do their songs. Beyonce's song, what's popular now is, like, Beyonce um, saying, like, all the single ladies, all the single ladies, over and over again. And they're like, oh, like, compare it to Freddie Mercury and, yeah. like, Queen. Uh-huh. It's like, well, yeah, you compared it to, like, one of the greatest songs of all time. <laughs> and you're not really, like, doing the effort of, like, looking into what's actually being said in these lyrics. Or looking at all of Beyonce's songs to find the one that most matches up with Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. So, you know, there are Queen songs. I could go in there and look and I could find some Queen songs that probably seem a little subpar. <laughs> lyrically. Well, Yeah. <laughs> but if I go pick the best lyrical song, yeah, it's apples and oranges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ever potentially. Like, what can you can like? It's not a fair comparison to ask them to be David or uh, to be Freddie Mercury yeah. or David Bowie. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, getting back just a little bit to the to like the generational aspect that I was that thought that was crossing my mind. I mean, like you said towards the top of the conversation that you know the good stuff is out there. You just got to go look for it. Yeah. And I think. <clears throat> that that may be the difference right there is that you know younger people our generation and younger they know how to do that mm-hmm. and there are a lot of people who really just know that the radio is what plays music and that's where you get your yeah. music from it's Spotify playlists now like you get on Spotify you get on whatever like music yeah that you have and I'm sorry if I derailed you again. no no you but it's almost it's sure it's you have to know how to find this music you have to know how to like search and uh, truthfully like I search through a bunch of stuff that I don't even like like I'll listen to songs that I have no like idea if I'm gonna like yeah because I want to find stuff that I do and I want to dig through some stuff that I don't really like but I want to expose myself to it the new thing about going to because people will like not listen to the radio but they'll get on Spotify and they'll listen to those curated Spotify playlists that's just more of the same stuff that you like. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. 
And that's how you'll find it. Yeah. So you're not being... It, it seems like you're exposing yourself to new music, but yeah, you're not really. Yeah. You're exposing yourself to more of the same. Right. But I, I guess the difference is it's just an active versus a passive uh, process. You know? Like, mm-hmm. there are people that don't really get how to do what you're describing. Yeah. You know? And, and, and I think a lot of what I'm... A lot of my complaints are probably... I, I wonder to the extent to which... I wonder the extent to which what I, my complaints are more of a basis in, in a generational difference. In yeah. like people who just listen to the country station in their town because that's how they get music and that's the direction that that country station is gonna go, has gone over the yeah. past 20 years. As opposed to the younger generation who knows that they can go and look for things and they have the entire the sum of the world's knowledge at their fingers. Yeah. So it's, yeah. I can go find every single... I can... I know how to go find the radio station and then listen to all the songs that person in that small town just listened to. Right, yeah. So, you're right. And I have also have the luxury of living in a bigger city. Mm-hmm. So, if you live... You know, I've driven through friggin' East Texas and, like, all they get is, like, Christian or country music. <laughs> Nate, you'd hate it. Uh, and so, <laughs> at the same rate, it's like, yeah, like, that's all they can have so like they can listen to the old tradition and and that's the thing is like they'll have traditional stations as well you know like we have oldie stations yeah, yeah. so they have like traditional country stations and then you have the new country stations and so you get a taste of both you don't necessarily need new traditional stuff yeah right you can just go hear the old classic traditional yeah. stuff well i think Classics. that uh i think that we've successfully discovered nothing by this conversation. <laughs> Good job, Jim. <laughs> um, it's been an exercise in enlightening futility. And futility. I do want to. I did. I also. I, I did. I looked. I looked up this one fact that I wanted to mention. I got to get it out first. Okay. Because I wanted. I came in like with some research. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us did. So I, I feel really good about what we've what we've done here today. Um, so talking about Chris Stapleton and his popularity in mainstream country music, Chris Stapleton has won 30 awards uh, for mostly his album from 2015, Traveler. who's nominated for 49 of those. And I think it's no small feat that, while I don't love the Grammys, I don't think that they're that important. I do think that it's really cool that Chris Stapleton's Traveler was nominated for the 2016 Album of the Year Grammy. Like, Album of the Year with, uh, like, Kendrick Lamar and uh, really big monumental musicians. And he did end up losing it to Taylor Swift 1989 for 1989, which Taylor Swift is kind of the poster child for, like, what's going on and what's wrong with this mainstream country stuff. But, um, you know, there's, there's successes to be... Out there. I mean, there's there's room for those artists to to be successful. Yeah. Well, we will continue. Well, we won't continue, but we'll have a different musically related the, conversation at a later time. The death can, of country music talk is dead. Yeah. <laughs> as we continue our uh, ride or die series on music. Um, again, it's not necessarily going to be a super regular thing, but we are going to do this again, and we'll probably do it many more times. Yes, we have a lot of genres to cover. We do have a lot of genres to cover. <laughs> and uh, I think that is going to be kind of the idea. We're going to kind of theme the show around, or the, at least the main discussion topic, 
will theme that show around uh, a particular genre and maybe a, a contentious issue that plagues that genre or relates to that genre somehow. Um, we did want to announce, before we get out of here, that uh, this being the 20th episode and all, and us kind of getting a, a pretty good uh, handle on on what we're doing here. On life. Yeah, on life and uh, our craft, so to speak. Getting our feet on the ground. We are on iTunes. We so did it. We did it. Um, it was an arduous process. There were a lot of technical issues, but we worked through them. And uh, we are now available on iTunes. Um, we're also available on... that By being in the, uh, on iTunes, by extension, we're available on a lot of other podcasting apps. Because yeah. a lot of them use the iTunes directory as their search directory. Uh, so... Go find us on your favorite podcasting app, if it's iTunes, if it's Pocket Cast, if it's whatever. Go find us, search for Write or Die. You can subscribe to us. You'll get push notifications when we have new episodes out. It's going to be good times. Um, you can always also go to patreon.com slash write or die. Support us there. You'll get some awesome perks. You can maybe get into our, our, uh, our fan Slack uh, group. Or uh, you can also, at totally some of the levels, you can get the pre and post show content. Um, and we understand that, you know, a lot of people are maybe just fans and aren't willing to contribute financially or can't con- contribute financially. And that's great, too. Times are tough. But what you can do is you can tell people about us. Um, tell your friends if you like our show. Tell people about us. Uh, tweet about us. Instagram, you listening to us or whatever. Just get the word out. And that can be your contribution. We won't charge you for it. <laughs> nope. The free of charge. Also, a uh, special shout out again to Seth Hammock. Absolutely. Uh, he, you heard him at the top of the show, uh, one of our dear friends. Seth Ham, two M's, one zero at gmail.com. If you want to uh, reach out to him and get involved with him musically. Absolutely. Yeah, now do you mean one zero or? Or romantically. Or uh, the number 10. <laughs> or romance. Uh, uh, num- num- uh, n- numerals, one zero. One zero. Okay. Yes. Um, what, one more time on Seth's email address. Uh, Seth Ham H A M M one zero at Gmail. Perfect. And uh, you can always reach nice. us, our show, <laughs> and our site at writerdieblog at gmail.com. You can visit us at writerdie.net. Um, and you can check us out on social media. Our handle is at writerdie or writerdieblog on most social media platforms. We can't wait to see you guys for number 40. Yeah. Happy 20, guys. Yeah, we'll do number 40 next week. Yeah. Let's come right up. <laughs> <laughs>